Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. I'm sitting here in a hotel room overlooking the Atlantic Ocean in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And I'm here because I'm going on a cruise tomorrow with Robert Kiyosaki, Peter Schiff, uh, Ken McElroy, Tom Wheelwright, and a whole slew of well-known and successful people. And we're all going to be learning from each other and feeding off each other. And that has nothing to do with today's episode. The reason I am recording this from the hotel room is because I was talking to one of my investment counselors, Oliver, who I have here with me today. And we were talking about how some real estate investors have this fear uh, or reluctance to invest out of state or what some people call long distance real estate investing. And the fact is, is that hundreds, if not thousands of people are investing every week and probably every day in markets that are not local to them. They're long distance real estate investors. So I wanted to talk about why people do this, but more importantly, why there's a fear or reluctance and why that's really crippling you in a way or holding you back from achieving far more with your investment capital than you could otherwise. And so the question becomes, how do you overcome that reluctance or that fear? And I think there's a lot of reasons, and that's what we're going to talk with Oliver about today. So Oliver, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marco. Definitely great to be on the show here with you. It's my first time on uh, the podcast and look forward to diving in on this topic together. And likewise. So it's, it's great to have you on. I know you're a super smart guy, a successful real estate investor, and a valuable addition to our team. Uh, so... When you brought up the subject of the fear of investing out of state or the fear of investing outside of your local market, then it begs the question, you know, why are people reluctant or why do they have this fear? So why don't we start there and we'll kind of end this episode with suggestions and recommendations for people to basically overcome what might be false evidence appearing real. Yeah, exactly, Marco. So so many investors, when they're initially starting and they're interested in investment real estate, they start looking locally. That appears to be the trend that most people do. And oftentimes, as you know as well, you live in, in Southern California. Sometimes investing locally just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but that may be what all of your friends and maybe family have done as well. So maybe that's all you know. And so when someone talks to you about going out of state, that brings up a lot of fear because it brings up a lot of insecurities that you may have about who's doing what to your property, who's living there, who's overseeing it, just to get an idea for what is going on at the property at any point in time. And trying to get that, that security and that safety blanket to ensure that it's being taken care of at almost all points in time. So with that said, one of the factors that a lot of investors tend to be fearful of is going out of state and not having that quote unquote drivability factor to the property. So this just means that at any point in time, you can drive by the property, see what it looks like, see what the tenants are up to, making sure that they're keeping the property in good standing and just that, that it's looking good. So that's that's one factor that I find a lot of people tend to uh, have as, a, as an issue, not being able to do that. Oftentimes what I say to that is, okay, so let's say that you do end up buying, you know, locally down the street in your neighborhood, 
Or actually, you know what? One rule that I remember hearing about 10 years ago when I first got started in investment real estate was never buy more than 60 miles or one hour away from where you live. I'm sure you probably heard that as well, Marco. I've heard that many times and it's, it comes from the so-called gurus. I say that in quotes. And I think that's a, a misguided advice. I think people who are typically saying that I have found are those that are promoting and or selling programs and workshops related to wholesaling and or buying, fixing and flipping or buying, fixing and holding. And the operative word in there is that you are essentially an active real estate investor doing the work, you know, the groundwork and the grunt work. And in order to be able to do that, at least reasonably well, you need to be local because you need to be boots on the ground and have your hands on everything, or at least be able to directly manage the contractors and subcontractors that you're dealing with. That becomes harder, not impossible, but harder to do from a long distance. And this is probably why the whole invest, quote unquote, around your local market came up. And to me, that that's a kind of investing, a form of investing. But, you know, if you want to be an active real estate investor and be involved in that entire life cycle of that property, great, do it. Um, but many of us are not in markets that allow us to find good deals and create good returns. So we have to look out of state. Now that means you have to rely on a reputable and reliable team. And that's one of the secrets, if you will, to overcoming that objection or that fear, I think, is is just having the right people to work with in the right markets with the right properties. And that is part of that formula for success. So Exactly. So the individual that I heard this from was actually a family member. He was a very successful dentist. Uh, you know, he earned a very, very good living. He had multiple practices. And where I lived, I mean, he probably owned about 40 or 50 different houses. And I still remember when I first got started, that's what he told me. He said, this is my advice I have for you, Oliver. Never buy more than an hour away or 60 miles away from where you currently live. And I remember that sticking in my mind. And I obviously did not listen to that at all. But I remember seeing him oftentimes after work, going to the different properties, assessing what was going on in terms of repairs or maintenance that was needed. He would get telephone calls from the tenants telling him about what was what needed repairing or just any type of issue or him trying to collect rents at time because they were rent or they were late or just trying to evict them. And he was doing a ton of this stuff himself. He didn't have a property management company, but he sort of liked doing it. But when I looked at the amount of time he spent doing these, these tasks that many management companies take on for, you know, pretty nominal fee. When you look at the overall return on time based on, the amount that he typically collected on a, on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, there was zero correlation that made sense there. And so what I mean with that, just to clarify, is his dollar per hour that he made by owning you know, a couple of practices compared to the amount of time that he was spending overseeing tenants, trying to arrange for contractors to go to the property, plumbers, et cetera, to make repairs or trying to collect rents himself it just didn't make sense at all. It didn't correlate. And what I saw is, is with that type of thing, your, your returns obviously diminish because that is your return on life, your return on time, because that's when you, you can really have, have spent that time with your kids, 
with your family, doing things that you love. That's where I saw it, you know, firsthand. And I told myself, you know, I don't really want to go down that same path. And I want to do something a little bit different. Do I mind, you know, paying a management company 8% management fee or even 10% of the gross rents that are coming in to oversee the property? No, I definitely don't mind that. I don't mind paying someone, you know, a nominal fee to be able to take that time out of my day to go and drive by the property, to take the telephone calls from the tenants that are coming in at random times of the day. And also to arrange for having one or two contractors go to the property, get quotes, and then oversee the work to ensure that it's done. When I take all those different factors into one, my, my ROI on the properties and just on life itself go up dramatically. And for me, it's absolutely worth it. I mean, for certain individuals, if you live locally in a market that makes sense numbers wise, you know, you're lucky. And you, if you can do that, you know, fantastic. And if you like doing it, you know, even better. But for the vast majority of individuals, they don't oftentimes invest in markets where the numbers make as much sense as the Midwest, for example. You know, especially if you live on the coastal cities, such as California, or if you're up in the, for example, Seattle area or New York, or, you know, any one of these different areas where you're seeing huge, huge prices in, in terms of rentals. I mean, where the, the rent to value ratios make zero sense. We're at uh, Marco in, in Orange County here, see the average rental of about a, a 0.4 rent to value ratio. So just to clarify that for our, for our listeners, essentially that million dollar property will rent out for about $4,000 a month. And that's typical for what we see here. But when we invest in the Midwest, what you'll oftentimes see is a 1% or as close of a 1% rent-to-value ratio as possible. So that $100,000 property will rent out for at least $1,000 a month, which ultimately means that there's a lot more spread in that overall gross rent that's coming in to be able to give you more cash flow per month. In addition to that, take care of all the expenses that are coming in for that property. Well, it's that time of year again, tax season. And if you're like me, you're busy pulling together all of the documentation for your properties, so many receipts, organizing your income and expenses, and creating reports. With the tax reform this past year, there are lots of changes that directly impact investors like us. Are you maximizing your deductions? Are you using the right strategies? Our sponsor, Stessa, teamed up with top real estate CPAs to offer you the ultimate rental property tax guide to help you keep more of your hard-earned dollars in your pocket. I love this guide because it's full of actionable strategies you can use on your return, and it helps you to optimize your strategy for 2019. It's hands down the best advice I've seen on rental property taxes. Get your copy of the guide when you sign up for a free Stessa account. Stessa is an essential and really cool tool that every rental property owner needs. It helps you track, manage, and communicate the performance of your real estate investments. To get your copy of the Rental Property Tax Guide, head over to stessa.com forward slash P-R-E-I taxes and sign up for a free Stessa account to track your rentals. That's S-T-E-S-S-A dot com forward slash P-R-E-I taxes. So there's many benefits of investing in other markets where the numbers do make more sense, such as affordability. You're comparing, in your case, the Midwest to expensive coastal markets like California. You have almost in all cases better cash flow. Everything else being equal, you definitely have better cash flow. But more importantly, you have better returns on your investment in terms of your cap rate and cash on cash returns. So the numbers are just more attractive. Uh, It could be argued that you have 
less downside risk due to the fact that you're diversifying into markets that have lower land costs. And last but not least, you're going to be managing these properties with professional property management that more often than not will probably do a better job than you investing and managing in your own properties locally because they know the laws, they know how to screen and qualify and place tenants, handle tenant calls, deal with repairs. That's why you're paying them. So, you know, you got to question how much is my time worth? We all have the same amount of time during the day. And if you're investing a lot of that time over the course of the month in things that could easily be done by an outside property management company, you got to really ask the question, is it worth paying the, you know, 60, 70, 80, hundred dollars a month in management versus you spending, you know, several or multiple hours dealing with a similar problem? What is your time worth? I would hope that you would think that your time is worth in the hundreds of dollars per hour um, rather than, you know, what you might be making or what you could be paying a property management company. So it's a decision. Do you know, do you want to do it yourself? Do you want to try to do it yourself? Or do you want to outsource it and have a professional management company do it for you? Exactly. You got it, Marco. That's very well summed up. And this leads to, you know, the, the sense of security. Uh, just as a side note, sometimes I have the, the investor that's just very, they just don't feel secure with whomever it is that's on the other line, even though uh, the other line, I mean, uh, the providers that we have in our different markets. And so oftentimes for people that, that are very uncertain about whether or not this is the right fit for them, and again, it may not be the right fit for everyone. As much as you know, we believe it might be for a lot of people, you know, this may not be the right vehicle for you either. But what I recommend for investors that are on the fence about that type of thing is just to book a quick flight over to the market that you're interested in. We have providers in 15 different markets across the nation in markets that make sense. And we'll help with this as well in terms of facilitating a property tour with one of our providers in that market. And they will be more than happy to, you know, to pick you up at the airport or if not at your hotel, and they'll tour you around their market. They'll show you why they believe it's a good place to invest. They'll show you the rehabs they have ongoing, whether it's the initial stages when they acquire it, or if not, maybe mid rehabs stage and then they'll show you their final product as well. So that way you can assess the whole thing, you know, the whole scope on your own. And then on top of that, you'll be able to meet with the management teams. They're the ones that you'll be communicating with post-closing. So these are the, you know, the people that you're really going to be developing these long-standing relationships with because they're the ones that you'll call if ever you have any type of questions about your property. But the, you know, for anyone that has concerns, that, that's a huge thing that I highly recommend that you do. Uh, just to help overcome that fear, because otherwise, I mean, I've spoken to investors at times where they've gone sometimes years without moving on their capital because they just didn't want to take that next step. But then some, sometimes they'll come around and they'll say, you know what, Oliver, I think that uh, I'm ready to to book a flight and I, I'm going to actually go out there and, and meet the people. I want to see if, if this is the right fit for me. What I will warn investors, actually, is once they actually fly out to the market, Oftentimes, you know, they start seeing the, the rehabs, they get excited, and they end up putting a property under contract on the spot. Again, it doesn't happen all the time, but the vast majority of the time, once uh, they're at that stage and they're able to see that, you know, touch and feel and see that it's real, then they move forward fairly quickly after that. Yeah, it makes the decision easier. But I also find that some investors who go out and visit with our teams and kick the dirt 
often end up purchasing or investing in more than the number of properties they originally set out and thought about investing in from the beginning. So one becomes two, two becomes three or four. And and that's because their confidence level goes up so much because they're out there and it's almost like they're touching it all. They get to understand the market. They get toured around some of the neighborhoods. They better understand, you know, the people that live there and the types of properties that are there, the schools that are there. Uh, they they gain confidence in the people that are renovating or building these properties. They meet with the property managers and they gain confidence in their ability to properly manage and protect and, and watch those assets. So when your confidence level goes up, you know, the decision process becomes easier. So really that may be one of the suggestions or recommendations in overcoming that reluctance or fear is get on a plane or get in a car and drive out there and meet with our teams and go into a bunch of properties and see them for yourself. It surprises me how small of a percentage of number of people that we work with actually do this. The last time I checked, it was only 5%, which means only one out of 20 clients actually fly out and meet with our team and actually do what I just said. It should be a lot more, but people are busy. They have a career, they have life, they have family, they have all these things, and it just prevents them from doing that. And that's okay. The tools are out there. You know, the technology, the internet, you know, video, photographs, um, inspectors, everything you need to do your due diligence is there, you know, with us and through us. So I can understand why you don't need to go out there, but it just adds another layer of due diligence and confidence when you do take the trip and make it happen. I agree with you, Marco, on that 5%. It is definitely small in terms of the investors that actually see their properties physically, you know, kick the dirt, as you said. It's about that 5%. Um, I, I definitely agree with that. And then to help them, to help investors further increase that level of confidence, always bear in mind, uh, listeners, that you have your investment counselor, whomever that is, to help you along the, in the entire process. You know, if you have any questions, just touch base with us, you know, and we're, we're, we're happy to help. And a lot of us have done hundreds, if not thousands of transactions. And we've done, we've been doing this for quite some time now. I mean, I personally started investing about 10 years ago and we've gone through a lot of different scenarios. And so as a team, we're able to tackle just about any type of scenario that comes up. And especially with Marco's experience and history in this field, we can help with just about anything. And we've got a great team to help you do so. MC Lobsher from Producers Wealth has helped his clients find money they didn't even know they had and showed them how to use it to save and invest in real estate at the same time through the infinite banking concept. You can watch a free webinar on the strategy and download a free cash flow audit guide to find the money you already have but are unknowingly losing every day at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Check it out today. So I would think, and I don't mean to minimize this, but I think the reluctance or fear is almost entirely psychological. And I, I use this example quite often. In fact, I was actually sitting with Grant Cardone this morning and we were talking about this. And I like to use the analogy of investing in Coca-Cola, not that I'm you know, advocating investing in stock, but um, if you believe through all your research that Coca-Cola is the best company to invest in and you should be buying Coke stock like Warren Buffett did, then are you going to make the argument that you need to live within one hour of 
Coca-Cola's headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia. No, it's crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm living in Southern California and I can easily invest in Coke or any other company from any place in the world. So it doesn't matter where you live. The fact is, is you don't need to be there. The thing is, it doesn't change anything. If you have rental properties in Indianapolis or in Jacksonville, Florida, or wherever it may be, you don't have to live in that market because it's not going to change anything materially. It's just going to be one of those feel-good comfort things that is all psychological. Just because you can drive by your property every morning and get out of your car and walk up to it and touch it with your hand is not going to make it a better investment or make it more secure or perform any better. The fact is, is that it doesn't change anything at all. So what do you have to say about that, Oliver? I think that's a fantastic point. One thing that I actually ask a lot of investors when they're, they're getting started and they're doing a ton of due diligence, and especially if they're stuck in that analysis paralysis mode, I give them this, this scenario and I ask them, have you ever invested in stocks or mutual funds? And oftentimes they say yes. I said, okay, so whether it be Coke or, you know, some other large company, you know, blue chip company, or even venture capital, mining stocks, et cetera, how much due diligence do you actually spend on these different companies? You know, are you taking the advice of your broker to invest, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars or even, you know, $5,000 into said stock? You know, how much, how much do you actually know about where it is that they're spending their money? And part of the reason that I'm bringing this up is in a previous life, I'm actually a geologist. And I used to work as a project geologist. I used to explore for precious metals around the world. And I used to manage exploration programs for different companies. And at times, we would actually be spending about $100,000 a day on exploration. So we used to go out there with drills and everything else and try and find gold or copper, silver, all these precious metals. And the investors we had, I mean, they were obviously very knowledgeable, but when it comes down to it, most of the people have no idea, you know, how much is actually being spent on a daily basis. What they're most interested in is seeing what the overall return is going to potentially give at the end of the day. And so when I have the, you know, the investor that spends, you know, hours and hours and hours researching a particular property, I ask them how much time they actually spent doing the exact same thing when they clicked a few buttons online to transfer over, you know, X amount of money because they heard from their friend that it's a good time to buy whatever stock is being promoted at that time. Yeah, I sometimes get into conversations with people, Oliver, and um, I tell them, I mean, I don't tell people this all the time. It's pretty uncommon, but I, I will tell them I, that I literally own single family homes in different markets that to this day, I still receive income. I can't say it's a check because it's all auto deposit, but I still receive rent from these properties every month and I have never stepped foot in them. I've never seen them with my own eyes. I mean, I've seen photos and video uh, and some of them I've driven by, but there are those that I've never seen before, but I know they perform. They're well-managed and I am not worried about it in the least because I just know that over time, these things are going to be a great addition to my overall net worth and, and my, my cash flow and my income. So I think sometimes it's the first one or maybe the first and the second one that's the hardest. And then once you realize, oh, geez, you know, that's not that complicated and it's not that big of a deal. I, I think I can do my third and my fourth. And all of a sudden, it, you don't even think about it. It's, it's like, why didn't I do this sooner? <laughs> Marco, that's something I hear from every single investor. I wish I would have been doing this a lot sooner. In my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, I wish I would have been doing this sooner. That's something I hear over and over and over again. 
Yeah. And, and you know what? I'm going to take some of the fault on that in the sense that maybe we're not communicating and marketing the message enough and to enough people, because it's it's interesting to know that there are people that still to this day come to us saying, hey, you know, I wish I knew about your services years ago. So there's a lot of value there and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but we do provide a lot of value and service to a lot of the investors that we work with. So we just need to keep doing that and keep doing it better and, and helping more people because the mission I like to say is to help as many people as we possibly can create wealth and passive income for as long as we're in business. Yeah, I definitely agree with you, Michael. And just like you mentioned a couple minutes ago, listeners and investors out there, once you do your first deal and we're here to help you with it, your learning curve will go up exponentially, especially for that first deal. Everyone always remembers their first. And so with that said, your second, third, fourth, et cetera, is going to go a lot smoother. You won't have nearly as many questions, but as you do, you know, we're here to help you grow. And once you hit your 10, currently anyways, we're heading on in a bit of a different topic here, but once you hit your, your 10 conventional finance loans, you know, we're here to help thereafter as well, because we have other options for you to be able to further expand your portfolio as well. So yeah, I like to think of real estate investing as a journey. Everybody kind of starts at the beginning with, you know, no income property and then goes through, uh, you know, phases of growth and, and, you know, we're able to help throughout that entire life cycle, that entire journey with the uh, real estate investor, every client. So, you know, regardless of your level of experience or your, your si the size of your portfolio or your level of knowledge, I mean, we're here to help you as in any way we can. So give, you know, your investment counselor a call or just contact our office and we'll assign you to somebody. Um, Oliver, anything else you want to add before we wrap up here? Just that we're here, as you mentioned, you know, to help. If you have any questions, just feel free to ask us and don't let the fear drive you. Explore, get out there, educate yourself, build up the confidence. And when you're ready to move forward, we'll be here with you. Beautifully said. Good stuff. Well, let's wrap it up. So um, help us spread the word. Visit us on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. And once again, thanks for listening. And we'll see you all on our next episode. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.